Hey everyone, welcome back to the Puka Show. Happy Freethinker Friday. I'm sorry it's been a couple weeks. Life kind of went out of whack pretty randomly. Uh, I started lifeguarding weekdays in February, which is random. Usually that happens in about April or May. Um, but been balancing that out and I am back. And today we are going to talk all about freedom. We're going to talk about COVID. We're going to talk about the value of freedom, and if Americans actually value that freedom, what is the human nature when it comes to freedom? We're going to go deep into all of that, and I am very excited. Let's go! Cool. Here we are. So back in December, when I went to the Turning Point USA Student Action Summit, which was actually my first Turning Point USA event, I learned a lot. Um, I got to listen to a panel of doctors um, speak about COVID, but they couldn't say some of the things they wanted to say out loud. So I actually got to meet with some of America's frontline doctors after they spoke. And I learned quite a bit. So, you know these masks that we're all wearing? To go into stores, to get on an airplane, to pick up your food? I don't think, at least in California, you can't really do anything without a mask now. I mean, you can be outside, but in order to go inside places, do business, etc., I learned a lot about these masks. So Dr. Fauci, with a few other doctors, actually conducted a study on masks and how how effective they were during the Spanish flu. And what he concluded was that cloth masks, the masks that pretty much everyone is wearing, the reusable ones that aren't really medical grade, they block 0% of viral particles. Zero. N95s are effective. They are the only effective mask. And the nice little blue ones, they block about under 50%. And they actually have 17 chemicals in them that, when worn for more than 45 minutes, um, drastically increase your risk of pulmonary cancer, which obviously is a higher death rate than COVID, much higher. One more thing about the reusable masks, Um, when they are, well, in general, they are the leading cause of bacterial pneumonia because they're really entrapping just, you know, moisture and you're rebreathing that in, um, causing pneumonia. So it's really not good for people, is what I'm taking away from this, is what I took away from that conversation. Another thing I learned is that asymptomatic spread never happened. Which makes lockdowns, business closures, useless and destructive. More destructive now that we know that they did not do anything to slow the spread. It's almost as if America has forgotten the tactics 
to slow the flu and have just solely been dependent on government mandates, etc. Well, let's look now at Texas, who made the news today as Governor Abbott um, decided to reopen his state fully, which, by the way, he is not the first to do so. Florida has been open for weeks, months now, and um, it's not like everyone's dying in Florida. There is no massive incarceration rate in Florida. Mississippi followed and did the same. South Dakota, I believe, never had a mask mandate either. That is thanks to the strong governor, Christy Nome of South Dakota. But the interesting part is people are not happy that Texas, that Florida, Mississippi, all these states, they're not happy that they're open. Now, why would that be? Why would people not want their freedom back? Isn't that what we all love? Isn't that the whole doctrine of this country that Americans love their freedom? Um, I'd argue no, which is very sad. You see, it is human nature to want to be provided for, to want to be taken care of. And this, after listening to Charlie Kirk's show, he goes into a biblical analysis of it, which I really liked. So if you're familiar with the story of Moses, he leads the Israelites who were slaves to the Pharaoh, he leads them out of Egypt. And after they get out of Egypt, they are free. He leads them and he feeds them bread. The Israelites then complain and want to go back to Egypt. Why? There was meat there, they said. They were taken care of there. They were, they were provided a little bit more even though they were slaves and had no freedom of thought or expression, they were taken care of. This idea of safetyism has plagued our country. And the only way to get out of that train of thought is to have a purpose in life. And that purpose can be anything. You got to work for something. You got to... You know, maybe it's for other people, maybe it's for yourself, but you have to have a purpose in order to break out of that thinking, that train of thought. But the secular form of government, think about it, there is nothing that motivates you to do more. You see, the government in nature, as we're seeing now with the left, they want you to be in control by them. Because the government will provide for you. They'll give you a stimulus check. Well, Biden didn't. He, he decided to bomb Syria instead. But my point is, you can be on unemployment. You can get a stimulus check. You can get your food stamps. You can be provided for. You can do nothing in this country, be on welfare, and live a fairly decent life. But you're also controlled by your government, which some people would sacrifice as long as they get their food, 
and their paycheck. Freedom isn't easy. Freedom's the opposite of that. Take a couple lions, for example. I'd say a lot of leftists are like the lions in the zoo, where they're in, they're, you know, in cages, but they, they know they're going to get fed every day. Life is good for them. They get their food every day. They get their attention, their playtime. They know they're safe. They're not going to be eaten. Life's good. But there's something else about, there's something different, I should say, about being a lion in the wild. Definitely more badass. But you don't know when your next meal is going to be. You have to work for that meal. You have to work to keep your offspring safe. You got to provide for the family. There's no one to do that for you. And it seems that every outside force is almost against you, which is dangerous, but it's worth it. Liberty is not easy. But you'll be able to live your own life. You'll be able to make your own choices. Live the way you wish to live. And that's where your hard work will pay off. You work hard to gather a bunch of food, gather... I'm still talking in the lion perspective. But let's go back to the human perspective. You work hard to create a business. You work hard to provide for your family. You should be able to enjoy the fruits of that labor. You should be able to enjoy your private property, something that isn't owned by the government and they own part of and can take away from you at any time. That's the beauty of liberty, but that's not easy. You see, liberty can be dangerous. What happens when you go outside and someone isn't wearing a mask? <gasps> Whoa. See, to the common, you know, conservative, we understand that, you know, that's not the end of the world. Because I know masks don't work. But let's take it from the liberal's perspective who thinks I am a domestic terrorist for not wearing a mask. That I have been called, by the way. This isn't hypothetical. What is the leftist going to do? You see, the leftist train of thought here is they want everything locked down. They can't go outside and they don't want you to go outside either. Why? You see, liberty gives you the choice. You have the choice to go outside, go to a restaurant, go do things, go live your life. It's not like Governor Abbott, Ron DeSantis, Governor DeSantis, it's not like they are forcing you to go to a restaurant. The mandate was not you must go to a restaurant. You must attend a COVID cesspool spreading event. You must go make out with your neighbor. No, that was not the mandate. The mandate was you can, you can go to a restaurant. It's not like people are going to completely drop basic hygiene rules 
you know, since as long as, you know, hundreds of years, people who have been sick, they stay at home. They take their, you know, vitamins, they take cough syrup to get better. And once they're better, they come back. That's what I did, you know, when I got sick from, you know, got sick. I wouldn't go to school and get everyone else sick. That's a dick move. Sorry. But it is. It's true. Why would I do that? I wouldn't. The same thing applies with COVID. You can go outside. I wouldn't go outside if I knew I had COVID. Again, that's stupid. Why would I get other people sick? But I know I'm healthy. I know the risks. So I'm going to go outside and take those risks. And if you're scared, you can stay inside. That's the end of the conversation. People need to have the choice. Businesses do not deserve to suffer because some leftist can't go outside without four masks on. By the way, the new mandate is two, according to the CDC. So first it was zero, Fauci. Then it was one. And now, you know what? Might as well... You're already wearing one. You might as well wear two, right? <sighs> and people are still kind of just blindly following all of this, which is very interesting to me. As long as they're safe, right? It's all about the safetyism. This is what happens when the government over the past year has been oiling and greasing people up to live in a fearful state. Once you live in fear and you're now strapped to the government financially, I've I've mentioned this before. You're easier to manipulate. And that's what the government wants because they mostly leftists, but some establishment Republicans too. I'm not going to go full one side on this. They want power, control, they want money, and they are going to get that through COVID, through controlling people, keeping states locked down, but these rules do not apply to them. The head of the Berkeley Teachers Union, who has been a strong advo advocate for school closures, decides it's okay for his two-year-old to be attending preschool. They uh, caught some video footage of him doing that while he decides public schools cannot be open. It's too dangerous, but not for my two-year-old. I can take my two-year-old to preschool, but you cannot take your kid to school. It's just like Gav Man Newsom. Gavin Newsom. I call him Gav Man. He's the Gav Man. He's able to whine and dine. Spend $15,000 on drinks alone at the French Laundry with 20-plus people inside, no mask, no social distancing. Where's your mask between bites, Newsom? I don't see it, you fascist. So my big question in all of this is what is it going to take for Americans to realize that freedom is better than safetyism. It's going to be hard because human nature is 
one that wants to be provided for, one that wants to be taken care of, like I was saying before. And the secular form of government does not have a purpose. See, religious people have a purpose to serve their God, to create a living, create a family, but the government does not have that. So you get a lot of people who just have no purpose in life and are provided for, taken care of by the government. And those people are the ones who are critiquing business owners who make a living off of people being able to go outside and go to their business. They're critiquing them and telling them that they need to have their business closed, which is an ultimate slap in the face to the business owners who have worked hard to create what they have. They're taking the risk to provide for their family, to do something that they love. That's what America is about. That is the American dream, by the way, which is now being killed through COVID. And it's really sad. It's really sad that Americans have lost that way of thinking. And it kind of goes hand in hand with the government becoming more secular over the years. But it's also just a lack of motivation to do something. It's, an, it's a sense of entitlement. It comes from, you know, this generation that thinks the world revolves around them and they expect everything to be given to them. It's quite sad. And the only way to get out of that train of thought, in my opinion, would be to restore the entrepreneurial spirit um, of the United States. Instilling that into our youth is very powerful. I think that would create a lot of innovation, a lot of progress for our nation. Another thing that's really important is having a job, learning the value of a dollar, knowing what tax codes you're voting for. And let me tell you, a $15 minimum wage would destroy this country. Let's just start with the fact that it would kill 1.4 million jobs. 1.4 million. Biden, you're already on a good track record. Let's just keep it going, right? But who is advocating for the $15 minimum wage? I can tell you, if you haven't figured it out yet, that's okay. It's the safetyists, those people that just love their safety. They want the $15 minimum wage because they went to college, got a gender studies degree, got an English degree, and didn't do anything with it, and now they are still working at Starbucks. They want $15 to hand you a coffee. $15 an hour to hand you a coffee. But since they don't understand basic economics, that coffee that costs you $5 while you make $12 an hour in California, 
might I add, way less in other places, maybe 10. But the coffee also costs less. See how that works? That coffee in California, let's say, I mean, federal minimum wage is 15. Shoot, you're going to get $20 an hour to make coffee in California. That coffee is going to cost you $10. Oh, and by the way, three of your coworkers got fired. Because when you raise the minimum wage, these businesses only have so much budget to pay their employees. So, for example, you're paying three employees $10 an hour. That is $30 an hour. The minimum wage is raised to $15. You can now only hire two employees because that 15 times two is 30, which is racist. Did you hear about that? Math is racist. I'll get into that right after this demonstration. So now you have two employees. You're understaffed. But hey, those employees are getting $15 an hour. Oh, and by the way, they might get fired pretty soon now, too, because they're going to be replaced by a kiosk ordering station. Raising the minimum wage this drastically does not work. It is detrimental. I want to touch on this math thing. So in Oregon, it has now been decided that math is racist. It's racist. 2 plus 2 equals 4 is racist. You would think it's just an objective answer. You can show that, you know, let's see, 2 water bottles plus 2 water bottles is 4 water bottles. Pretty easy to show your work there. 1, 2, 3, 4. But that's racist against the black and his Latino community. Because it's founded on a white supremacist foundation. That's not even the worst of it. I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but Illinois has passed a new statewide for public and private, um, I guess, curriculum, call it. These students, K through 12, are now required to attend political activism events such as climate change, pro-choice, abortion, um, pro-lockdown events, protests. They're now required to learn about critical race theory, which is you are born a racist based on the color of your skin. Your destiny is predetermined based on the color of your skin. They're teaching that to students. And look at how destructive this is. Teachers are now required to, in the state of Illinois, it's coming to California and Oregon, it's on the way, in New York. I learned in school that your skin color did not matter, your character mattered. That is what Martin Luther King preached about. But that does not matter anymore to the left. Your skin color is everything. It's this postmodernism terrible idea but let's say you're a black kid in class the teacher would then have to warn you that you may not have the same opportunities to succeed 
as the white kid sitting next to you. How destructive, how racist is that? That's terrible. That is a terrible thing to tell a kid. You can't succeed because you're black. That's terrible. I'm sorry. I draw the line there. Like, if the left was so pro-black people, why won't they just treat them equally? I don't understand. I will never understand that. But that is what's happening in Illinois schools. And it passed. Illinois students are now learning that color matters. They must attend political events. Math is racist, formed on a white supremacist ideology. And I believe it also incorporates the New York Times 1619 project where America's founding actually began in 1619 when the pilgrims sailed across and landed at Plymouth Rock. That is the start of American history. And anything that happened up until then, like the killing of the Indians and such, forms America on this racist background, which is entirely false. Because Thomas Jefferson, in the first draft of the U.S. Constitution, abolished slavery. He was a strong advocate for black people being free. Which, by the way, the black people were sold to the United States by, of course, black people. No one wants to talk about that. But, in any case, all the founding fathers were Christian and believed that every human was made in the image and likeness of God. Now, Thomas Jefferson was a harsh critic of King George's slavery and wanted it gone. Um, you had some other founding fathers that weren't totally on board with that, some citizens that weren't totally on board with that. So at the time, it had to be held off. Now, John Quincy Adams, son of John Adams, was an anti-slavery activist, believe it or not. After he lost his presidential re-election run, he served for nine years in Congress um, pushing anti-slavery legislation. And then, of course, in 1863, the Emancipation Proclamation, the Foundation, the Party of Lincoln, the Republican Party, freed the slaves... And of course, this was up until, well, up until today, I'd say, rebuttaled by Democrats. Maybe not slavery, but the fact that black people are equal. The reason black people have lower incomes, have higher incarceration rates, is not because of a white supremacist foundation. Did you know that 74% of black people, black children, 
grow up in fatherless homes. 78% of prisoners in this country grew up in a single-parent household. It's not white privilege. It's two-parent privilege. Honestly. And the problem is, we subsidize single motherhood. Only 24% of black families were broken up. Only 24% of black children grew up without a father in the home. And then the federal government stepped in and said, hey, you need us. And look at the problem. Look at the situation they are in now. Absolutely terrible. We need to restore the nuclear family. We need to restore sticking together, raising your children the right way. That is the way to save the black community, like the Asian community. The Asian community in the 1940s was the poorest community in America. However, they were not heavily subsidized by the government, and now they are the richest population in America. More than white people. That alone debunks all white privilege arguments, and I think it's kind of racist, the whole white supremacist thing, or the <laughs> white privilege thing. Think about it. All these white, woke liberals think they're better than black people and think they have privilege over them. Think about that. I think that's incredibly racist. You're not going to hear that from the liberal, though. They don't understand. They think they're helping by, you know, degrading minorities. It's sad. But back to freedom. I think if black people walk away from the government, walk away from the subsidization, I think they'd be in a lot better spot. I think everyone who walks away from government subsidization, not just black people, would be in a much better spot. So, what's the takeaway from today? Be free. Take risks. Live your life. Get stoked on life. But don't rely on the government to provide for you. Get a job. There are jobs out there. Innovate. Create something. Start a business. There's nothing stopping you other than government. That's my takeaway from this. People just need to be free. People need to make responsible choices because that's what it comes down to. Personal responsibility. Being free takes responsibility. It takes self-accountability. And when you cut that out from society through government subsidization, it's hard to be free because you can't be free. You would die in a free society if you had no personal responsibility. That is the consequence. And leftists are not up for that consequence. Being conservative, being free, loving liberty is not easy. There are sacrifices to that, like not wearing a mask. 
when you start a business, you take a lot of sacrifices too. It's not going to be an instant success. So a lot of time, effort. You don't get to see your friends every week. But it's worth it because you are creating something in your own image, in your own likeness that you are passionate about, hopefully, and will help you achieve your goals, will help you provide for a family, provide for yourself. That is one of the fruits of being free. And that is lost in America. So I leave you this Friday to go into this weekend and be free. You're an American. And right now, being American just means taking advantage of your freedom. Take it back. I've been saying that since the beginning of this show. Take your freedom back. Live it up while you have it because the government's just going to keep taking it away. That's what I have for you. Be free. Enjoy your Friday. If you enjoyed this episode, go to PukaUSA.com. Pick out a nice t-shirt for yourself. Don't forget to subscribe and tell a friend to start their own free-thinking journey. Share this episode with, you know, two, three, four friends, five, as many friends as you have. Share it on your Instagram. It'll be posted at The Puka Show and at Michael Lothar. Give me a follow on those accounts. really helps support the show. Hope you have a great weekend. God bless.